0: Welcome to the Ignite Physio Podcast. This is episode number 20 and I'm your host, Andrew Kopian. Well, today we're going to be concluding our series on navigating difficult conversations and I hope you've enjoyed this uh, series so far. And uh, the series is based on a book called Difficult Conversations, How to Discuss What Matters Most by Douglas Stone, Bruce Patton and Sheila Heen. And, uh, you know, I think it's such a great book because it highlights really a a useful framework on how to navigate difficult conversations. And what the authors uh, do is they break down difficult conversations into really three conversations that are taking place. The what happened conversation, the feelings conversation, and the identity conversation. So today we're going to be talking about the identity conversation and it's one that I find just really fascinating because when I read the book the first time, it really struck me that I was often completely unaware of how difficult conversations were actually threatening and affecting my identity. And I think it's easy to overlook the identity conversation because there's so often you know feelings of frustration or blame or just negativity that we don't even really get to that layer where we're asking ourselves how this is impacting our identity. And I, I love this uh, quote from the authors in the book around the identity conversation. They say, it has the potential to disrupt our sense of who we are in the world or to highlight what we hope we are, but fear we are not. And I think that's such a great quote. And I think it's one to remember because really the identity conversation can, can really impact us in, uh, in different ways. And the authors highlight three common identities that can be challenged in difficult conversations. The first is, am I competent? Second is, am I a good person? And third, am I worthy of love? And as physiotherapists, really, I think that we are going to face the identity question of am I competent quite frequently? And this can be triggered, you know, when a patient expresses their frustration with the lack of progress they're experiencing with treatment, or it could be confronting a colleague on a less than stellar performance that they've been uh, providing. It's important to recognize that identity conversations aren't something that we can necessarily shield ourselves from. They're just a part of life. And I think it's important to uh, recognize that identity threats are going to come up uh, when we're in difficult conversations. And we need to be able to navigate this uh, layer of the difficult conversation if we want to really move converse, you know, relationships forward more effectively and also just grow as people. Now, one of the big challenges is how do we avoid getting knocked off balance? You know, with these identity conversations. And the authors highlight that the really the biggest risk uh, with the identity conversation is that we engage in all or nothing beliefs about our identities. So, for example, I'm either competent or I'm not competent, I'm good or evil. Uh, And really, this extreme uh, is really easy to fall into, but what happens is that it really leaves us vulnerable to uh, feedback that challenges our identity. And so, if we have this all or nothing thinking, you know, we can either, feel very threatened when someone does provide us feedback that may threaten our identity or we may exaggerate feedback and what happens is that it just leaves our identity uh, really in a bit of a shaky place. Now I can speak from personal experience I actually had a situation uh, not too long ago where I engaged in this all-or-nothing thinking uh, in a patient situation a situation where I felt like I had missed an important diagnosis and, and I felt like uh, really quite uh, frustrated with myself and I, and I fell into this all or nothing thinking around my own competence and felt quite incompetent. And it was just amazing how quickly it clouded uh, how I viewed myself not only with that particular patient but with other patients. And it was something that uh, just, you know, highlighted again how powerful this all or nothing thinking is in terms of our, our identities. Now, how do we navigate the identity conversation? The authors recommend a few things and the first is that we need to understand our own uh, identity issues and this may take a little bit of personal work and this may you know, benefit from some journaling and meditation conversations with a friend or a trusted advisor but really working through what our own issues are are going to help you identify where your potential weak spots are so you can be aware of that when you are going through a difficult conversation. Now it is easier to work through some of these identity issues uh, when you're not in the middle of a difficult conversation. But I think the other truth is is that sometimes we're not even aware of what our potential identity issues are uh, until we're actually faced with them and we are in the middle of a difficult conversation. So I think uh, regardless, uh, you know, if you are aware of some of the issues, you know, definitely worthwhile to take uh, some time and work through that. Uh, But if you're not, I think what's important is to also give yourself space when you are going through a difficult conversations and taking a little bit of time for uh, self-reflection. And it's worthwhile to ask yourself these questions. Specifically, what does this relationship or conflict or conversation say about my identity? And how does this impact my identity? And by asking that, it really now starts to uh, bring that identity conversation front and center so we actually can uh, identify and address what's going on. Now, I won't lie, this can definitely take a bit of work. And especially if you are in the middle of a, a difficult conversations, it can be challenging working through the anger and frustration or hurt that may be dominant in our hearts and minds. And this is again as I said something where that can be helpful is just uh, having some quiet time some meditation or journaling just really to help calm down and and get a little more clarity and sense of perspective now the other thing that the authors recommend is complexifying our sense of self and I just think this is a great recommendation and it's um, really getting back to that idea where uh, you know if we only see ourselves in terms of two options as to whether I'm competent or not competent it really doesn't give us many options And if there, you know, one experience or conversation can threaten our competence, uh, you know, it really becomes tough to, to not feel threatened and not to feel off balance. And so as the authors highlight, and I'm just going to quote them here because I think this is a great quote, is that we each exhibit a constellation of qualities, positive and negative, and constantly grapple with how to respond to the complicated situations life presents. And we don't always respond as competently or as compassionately as we like. And so I think that's such a great quote, because I I think it's so true, like life is complex, our situations are complex, our relationships are complex, our own internal motivations are complex. And if we leave our self-image in this really simple, uh, you know, yes or no kind of uh, mentality, it's really not uh, accurate and reflective of what our lives are like. And so if we complexify our self-image, we're going to be more balanced in these difficult conversations. Now, there's a few other things they recommend in terms of uh, complexifying our self-image, the first is uh, recognizing that we're going to make mistakes in life. And even though we want to avoid that, especially, you know, professionally, they do happen. And I think that, you know, recognizing and giving or ourselves a little bit of grace and compassion that we aren't going to be perfect in terms of how we are as professionals. The second thing is, is that recognizing that our intentions are complex. And, you know, again, it's easy to oversimplify our intentions but really, we have to recognize that they're complex and, and there's good and bad in our intentions. And the third is also just recognizing that we have contributed to the problem in some way. And even though in our frustration or anger, we may feel like we haven't done anything to contribute to the problem. We have to recognize that we have to accept some responsibility. And this sense of ownership can definitely be helpful to recognize the inherent complexity in relationships. Well, the authors provide a few uh, tips and uh, and recommendations around navigating the identity conversation and uh, the first is they recommend letting go of trying to control the other person's reaction and it's amazing how often we want to try to control the other person's reaction and and i think just you know a perfect example is if we have to provide uh, negative feedback to someone in terms of their performance and we don't want to hurt their feelings and we don't want them to be upset with us the challenge though is that we can't control how they're going to respond to us and what the authors recommend is really avoiding trying to stifle the other person's response. And we shouldn't let our approach and direction basically be uh, dictated or controlled by our fear of what their response is going to be. Now, obviously, we want to be sensitive to the other person and we want to, you know, speak with compassion. But um, we, we have to let go of this uh, need or desire to control the other person's reaction. The second thing they recommend is adopting the and stance. I know that's one that I have to say slowly, otherwise it's uh, easy to just uh, gloss over that. But the and stance is really something that they talk about around how to round out the purpose of the difficult conversation. So if you're delivering bad news, you can share the bad news and share your contribution and talk about how to move forward in the relationship. The third thing they share is uh, prepare for the response. Although we can't control someone's response, I think we can prepare for it. And they recommend that anticipating the other person's reaction you know, gives us an opportunity to work out our response in advance, which I think is really helpful. And also can take some of the stress out of what we are going to do and, and how we're going to respond in a conversation. Fourth thing is just getting some perspective by thinking ahead. And identity conversations can be difficult to navigate, uh, especially in the moment. And if we move the timeline ahead five or 10 years, Again, it can help us to reduce some of the emotional intensity of the situation, but it also is going to give us a much-needed uh, perspective in terms of how our uh, identities can actually weather this uh, particular situation. Fifth thing is uh, take a break. And a lot of times when we are uh, in these difficult conversations and we're dealing with uh, threats to our identity, there can be a lot of strong emotions. And what they recommend is just taking a bit of a pause and that can be stepping out for a few minutes to clear your head and get some fresh air but it also can mean taking a little bit of a a greater step back in terms of you know maybe revisiting this conversation in a few weeks when you've actually had time to work through and process a little bit more in terms of what's going on around uh, your identity. Well that uh, pretty much sums up the main things that I wanted to share from the book with you around the identity conversation. You know I think that uh, really my goal with this whole series has been to provide some really uh, helpful ideas and this framework around navigating difficult conversations and I think we can you know all agree that navigating difficult conversations can be a little bit complex and it can be challenging to work through and I think having this breakdown of you know the what happened conversation the feelings conversation and the identity conversation this really gives you a way to to work through those different elements and I think that you know as we've talked about the identity conversation today I really would encourage you to take some time and and explore that and maybe even, you know, practice some of these ideas and, uh, you know, approaches in situations that maybe are not too uh, serious or too intense because it's going to be easier to work through that. And I think as you continue to work through, you know, how our identities can be threatened in different ways and how our sense of competence can also be threatened, I think what it does is it also uh, will allow us to have more compassion for the other person in the conversations because as much as our own identities can be threatened and challenged, The same goes for the other person in the relationship. And I think that that's a really useful uh, reminder. And that awareness is so important. Well, I hope this series has been helpful for you in terms of unpacking the difficult conversations and and really moving you towards more of uh, learning conversations. And uh, I'd love to hear your thoughts about how you found this uh, topic and look forward to connecting with you the next time on the podcast. Take care.